Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Explorative Podcast. Welcome back to the Explominate Podcast. It's been a long time. My name is Rob. If you guys don't remember, I'm the host of this thing. And joining me tonight is Ben. Welcome back, Ben. Cheers, Rob. How are you? I'm good, man. It's been a long time. So I'm glad to get the gang to back. And we're going to be talking about Galsev 4 and a few other things. But before we do that, let's welcome Drexy back. Welcome back, Drexy. Who the hell are you people? Well, I don't know. I don't know who you are. Why did you ring me? Is this a scam? <laughs> It is. You're not getting my credit card details, mate. I'm hanging Listen, up the phone. There's a warrant for your arrest, and if you don't send us $500 in gift cards, <laughs> you will be arrested. I keep getting these phone calls saying, oh, you've got something in customs, phone the HMS or whatever it is. I was like, oh, bloody hell. <laughs> yeah, well, so, yeah, we get these scams here as well. Great. Scams. And so, well, are, are you done talking about scammers? Are you good now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can, okay. can continue. Thank you. Tonight we have a special guest. His name is Ilana, and he's here to talk about Gauss of War. Welcome to the show. Thank you for uh, inviting me. Glad to have you. So we actually handpicked you because your knowledge of galactic civilizations really in general is pretty extensive. But we also noticed how extensive your knowledge of Gauss of War is. And considering we're talking about that game today, we figured we'd have you on. So welcome. Tell us a little bit about yourself. No, I've been... Uh playing uh gals of four for well since supernova i started a little bit with uh the original uh base game you know been playing uh 4x games since civilization 2 excellent cool can i ask uh have you played the previous galsives before or is this your first one i uh, received or i picked up galsive 2 from uh shovel War bin at target they they would have them for like nine dollars and uh, tried that out and really enjoyed the game and then I participated uh, pretty extensively in the Galsif three beta. What did you what were your ending thoughts like at the at the end of the game when it was all said and done with all the expansions like where were you on a you know like I won't say a one to ten scale but like how were you feeling about Galsif three as a as a final product? As a final product, I enjoyed it. I think it uh, you know there's some mechanics that. There was a lot of different mechanics in the game that uh, I think it, uh, in some cases, got to be too much. Like the uh, the government stuff was interesting, and then the uh, it, t- it took a long time for me to wrap my head around like which uh, mercenaries to pick up. Yeah, I kind of feel like Galsif Three. I mean, it's a very good game. I think in a lot of ways it's it's very good, but it did have feature creep. It started to feel a little overwhelming, 
and it didn't focus on the right things. But we we, we will talk more about. I guess we won't really talk more much much more about Galsa three, but we have a lot to talk about with Galsa four here in just a few minutes. Before we do that, I wanted to go over some of the latest news, and I know that Ben wants to tell you about a recent game announcement. Right. So Illwinter have announced finally Dominion Six, um, and I think that they were kind of <clears throat> they were dropping some pretty subtle hints over the last sort of year or so that a new game was coming out. And I think you know, I think most people guessed that it was kind of it was going to be Dominion Six. They only do two games really: <laughs> Conquest of Elysium and Dominions. And we've already had a Conquest of Elysium game in the last few years. Uh, so it was time for Dominion 6. It's been announced. It looks really, really interesting. It's more of the same. So, you know, if you're expecting a radical departure from, you know, from the last game, you're not going to get it. It is an iteration of the, you know, the previous titles. And that's kind of how Dominions work. They don't really, they don't release paid DLC. They just resell the game every five years or so. But they always add a fair amount. And this time it looks to be, a sort of quite drastic change to the way that combat works. The battles are going to be bigger with more sort of troops, more focus on actually the the national troops and less on, you know, huge batteries of mages. So, yeah, I think if you're a Dominions fan, you should pay attention to what's, you know, to, to what's happening. I think if you're not a Dominions fan, you know, maybe take a look at it when it's when it's released but it's not doing anything drastically different it is just a, a sort of natural progression of Very good. I know there's a lot of people out there that love Ill Winter games, so That'll be something to look forward to, among many other things this year. And a few things I'm just going to go down the list on here since we've left. Actually, we haven't gotten together in over a month, so there's a lot to talk about. But I'll go over some of the highlights. And the first of which, maybe for some of you, is that Master of Magic has a new DLC coming with a new race called the Soul Trap. And they are, to the chagrin of some, maybe even many, a steampunk race. and with them are coming a lot of new heroes that a lot of people are kind of, uh, I would say, at the very least, they're pretty pessimistic about him. Some people are just outright outraged and, you know, understandably so, because I feel like the heart of Master Magic was a very, like, fantasy setting. And now they're adding this cyberpunk, this, sorry, not cyberpunk, this steampunk stuff that is kind of contrary to what I thought the, like, the essence, the soul of Master Magic was. So... I know there's a lot of people that are upset about it, but I, you know, as someone who has no dog in this fight whatsoever, I'm willing to give it a shot, and I look forward to seeing what that is. It's just a couple weeks away, I think, in August. Yep, late August, August 28th. So we also have the new DLC for Distant Worlds 2 coming. It's going to introduce the Quan Quanmino Quamino. I think that's how you pronounce it, the Quamino and the Gazurians. And I've been playing with them. I know Ben has been playing a bit with them too. But yeah, they're they're going to be great. A great addition. That's all I can say. And hopefully what I'm hoping to see next is instead of adding more DLC, I'm hoping they go back and revamp and kind of, you know, overhaul the starting races, the ones that came out with the base game, because now the the DLC races feel way better in almost every regard than the base ga- the base races do. So, yeah, I think that would be a focus that they should they should really hone in on. So and then last but not least, well, there's a lot. There's really a lot of stuff going on. But the things that I think are most important also, too, is that Zephon, the post-apocalyptic 4X game that is supposed to be, you know, a, a 4X iteration of the, the foundation that Warhammer 40K Gladius set, made by the same people, Proxy Studios, it is now out in a demo form so that you can play the first 50 turns. I think it, it feels pretty good, but it does feel 
a little too familiar. So I'm, I'm hopeful that the next demo, it's called demo one. So I imagine this might mean that there are, there's going to be more demos, you know, over the course of the next year. So I think that's when they're saying roughly that it's going to be out is about this time next year. So I'm hoping that we get demos that kind of start to showcase some of the things that make Zephon unique as it stood with the first demo. It kind of felt like a great game was there, but it's not there yet. You know, the, the, the combat's great. The graphics are great, but the gameplay itself feels pretty damn familiar and the graphics themselves and the, the user interface, it all feels very much Gladius. So I'm hoping to see more soon in, in regards to the, the uniqueness that Zephon will bring. Um, just going back to Distant Worlds first, um, I, I'm surprised they haven't released more updates for the original races. They were, did say during this year they'd be like updating uh, the original races, and we haven't seen that. Maybe we'll get a bunch with this patch, maybe, hopefully. And yeah, Zephon, yeah, I mean, it's like you're saying, it's very much like Gladius, and we're not seeing, we're not in this demo, it's not really showing all the new and cool stuff which makes it more of a 4X because, what is it, there's only two players, basically. So, yeah, hopefully we'll get a bit more fleshed out demo of that as well. Also, I really didn't like how the, they've released a timed demo. Like, I absolutely hate timed demos in games. I didn't like it when they did it with Xenonauts. I hated it with Master of Magic as well. And it, I don't know why, but I've, I, I can't help but feel that part of the reason why I didn't end up really getting into Master of Magic was because I played that timed demo and I got, you know, put so much, to, like, effort into the first campaign I did and then it cuts off so I don't know I just think that I'm not quite sure what they were hoping to achieve with that with the Zephon demo really it doesn't really show anything new it isn't it is definitely it's got better graphics and the combat looks more it looks better than Gladius actually there looks like there's more to the combat but I kind of wish that we were able to see more of the forex side of things and there just wasn't really enough time in that short amount of time that they gave you to play it so yeah, it's a bit disappointing. Also, before we kind of just really quickly just comment on the on the Master of Magic DLC, it looks awful. <laughs> I can't like I really really like uh, Muha. I think they're really good usually, but the art that they've released for these new characters and stuff, it just it looks so bad. And the character choices they've come up with are just so like thematically like bad. There's like a lolly girl on a bloody on, on you know wielding guns on a on the back of a pig. It's just like who who's come up with this stuff i mean and i've seen so many complaints on the master of magic discord about it uh and on the on the uh on the steam group as well people are not liking it at all so i'm kind of worried for that one right yeah no i totally agree i think that the overwhelming response to the dlc was that it, this is not master of magic and i think they were screwed either way because no matter what they needed to i mean there, there was probably some sort of slytherin influence here but i think that they wanted to branch off and make their own idea of what master magic would be like and and expand on it but you know i just i don't think that they were going to make the right decision for anyone regardless of what they did and i think this is probably the worst decision they could have made aside from maybe like a you know a group of like pink fairy feminists or something i don't know like some weird like just like super political <laughs> statement you know like i think other than that they they went with something that really doesn't feel like master magic and i i think that the fans have let them know that pretty well. So, and I don't blame them, right? So I think there was a lot of ways they could have gone and this way was probably one of the worst. So, but again, I'm with you. I think Muha does a very good job usually and their their art's usually very good, but this art that they've put out for these heroes, you're right, the, the girl riding the rhino or the pig and then there's like, you know, other random people riding different mounts and that 
it just doesn't seem like Master Magic to me. So there's a game that we definitely need to get into and actually review like we were supposed to, but it's all good. We'll get to it eventually. And maybe one day we can sit down and talk about Master Magic, but but I I don't think I'll ever like it. So it is what it is. But we're here today. Actually, you know, before we move on, I wanted to talk briefly too about some changes coming to Age of Wonders 4. They're doing a lot to kind of improve the quality of life for the player. And very recently, they released a dev diary talking about their changes that are coming to the underground. And it basically wants to make the underground layer feel more unique and also more visually appealing, as it states. And so with that, they are going to make a bunch of changes. I'm not going to list them all here. In fact, what I'll do is I'll list the changes, or I'm sorry, I'll link the changes in the description. But yeah, the idea is that we're going to see some nice quality of life things. I think with the DLC coming probably, I don't know, I'm going to guess probably late August, early September, because they said it was coming in the summer, that whatever that little DLC is might come along with this this large amount of changes that they're making. So I'm, I'm excited. I think that'll be good. Can I ask, is anybody here still playing Age of Wonders 4? Because I fell off it really quick. And I think I was a little bit earlier than other people. But from speaking to people in the community, I, it seems like I'm not the only one. I, like I, even talking to Daz Tactic, who's a big fan of the game, he was saying that he's getting a lot of comments from people watching his streams and videos saying that they've kind of got bored of it already. And I'm, I'm wondering what's gone wrong there. Uh, I'm not playing it anymore. And probably for the same reason why I'm not enjoying uh, Kelsey 4 as well, which I'll get into when we get there. Uh, yeah, I haven't played Age of Wonders uh, much at all uh, either lately. I, I went through the uh, whole story campaign, and then I jumped into the the Dragon DLC. I think I got through two combats, and then I backed out. Yeah, I have to admit that I've kind of fallen off myself. I think that the main draw for me right now, and the one that the the, the one aspect of the game that really bothers me, is how little each playthrough feels different, and. I think they really need to address that because there's a lot of people starting to complain on the forums and through Discord and everything like that, that no matter what they do with regards to their their very customized racial build, the game feels very similar. And I remember that being a complaint of Stellaris early on, and they did a good job of making the various different race types unique and feel a little bit different as they played through, but it never quite fleshed out the way I was hoping to see it. And I'm hoping that they can take Age of Wonders 4 and actually make these these various racial builds that people are creating feel more asymmetric and more unique for each playthrough. So that's why I think a lot of people are bouncing off because it's just like once they realize that like, oh, I can make all these cool builds, but like the game doesn't really feel any different and people just go like, all right, that's it. So it's still the most successful Age of Wonders game. It's still the most successful Triumph Studios game. So I think that we're going to see a lot of Age of Wonders 4 content in years to come. In fact, they've made a few posts saying basically the same, that they plan to support Age of Wonders 4 for much longer than they've they've supported any of the Age of Wonders games prior. So I think that'll mean a bunch of DLC, but I also think that might mean that we might get something a little more in line with what I was hoping to see in the beginning. So maybe those builds that they come up with will actually feel unique. There's still a lot of people playing it. That's you know, so it's been successful, and you know, I, I mean, I looked at the other, I looked the other day at about three in the morning about this kind of time, and there were still like nine hundred 
950 people playing it at that time. So it's obviously sold really well. And those numbers are better than Age of Wonders 3 was doing, if I remember right. So it's obviously, you know, people are enjoying it. I, I, I agree with you, Rob, though. I, it does feel like every playthrough is pretty similar. And they put in a lot of cosmetic stuff, but I don't really feel like many of the mechanical changes really make much different on the strategic map. Yeah, and I think they're aware of that too. I mean, from the comments I've seen the devs make, it sounds like they know where they want to go with this and how to make it more of a unique experience each time you play the game, but they're just not there yet. So we will come back, of course. And I think, I mean, I don't want to say too much, but I definitely can tell you that I have a, well, an interview. I have an interview set up with Leonard Sauce, the main lead, co- like, I guess he's the the studio lead and maybe one of the other guys there too. And that's going to happen soon. So we'll have an interview with them and maybe we can prod, prod them a little bit to see what they think, you know, the, the future of Age of Wonders 4 looks like. But with that said, let's talk about Gal Civ 4, which is Galactic Civilizations 4 for those of you who don't like abbreviations. And I want to go ahead and I think there's a couple like things we need to put out there real quick is, and first of all, None of the things that I'm about to tell you are going to affect what we talk about here or how we talk about it because we're not paid to say anything, but Ben and I are both being paid in different ways by Stardock. So they have a sponsored link on the Explominate website. So, you know, I, I think that most people would assume that that makes me like biased for them, but I'm going to be bluntly honest as I normally am. And I think we're going to, you know, uh, I just want to immediately put aside anything, any kind of fear or concern that I might be nicer to Galsif 4 because we're receiving some ad money from Stardock. That is not the case. Don't worry, I'm here to shit all over it. So no need to worry, people. <laughs> yeah, I brought on somebody specifically knowing that he doesn't like it very much. So we have some balance here. And Ben also has been contracted to, or maybe even hired. I don't know. What is the status there, about Ben? Uh, I started off doing some contract work. Now I'm a full-time employee starting tomorrow. So <clears throat> yeah, I'm a, you know, I'm working for Stardock now. So, but the same as with Rob, right? <clears throat> Brad's made it quite clear that it, what I'm doing with Stardock shouldn't affect anything else that I do. It doesn't affect my cha- YouTube channel and it doesn't affect what I do with Explorminate. So obviously providing I don't break NDA, they're, they're happy for me to, you know, to talk about whatever. So uh, yeah, I the, I think the reason why Stardock, part of the reason why they probably, they, they found my videos is because I was covering Galactic Civilizations 4 and I was really into it. Uh, on the, even on the first few playthroughs, I really, really liked it. So it's kind of, you know, if I'm going to be positive about it, that came before I got hired. So I want to make that clear. However, be, there is a conflict of interest there. So people need to know that when they hear me talking. So I'll, I'll always disclose that whenever I do a video or talk about Galciv or any Stardock game. Right. And at the end of the day, while there might seem like there's a conflict of interest with me because we are receiving ad money, I, I mean, I would rather be honest and open and, you know, critical if I need to be about a game than take anyone's money. So at the end of the day, if it came down to me being critical and open and honest about what I feel about a game versus taking ad money, I'm going to always go with being honest and, and discussing a game in the way that makes me feel like I'm being honest. So with that, I will also mention too that if it bothers anyone here, Ilana is a moderator for Stardock on the the Galsa 4 Steam forums. So not that that really does anything. He's not paid to do that and certainly not get, getting or receiving any sort of kickbacks. So we're, we're 
we're clearly somewhat intertwined with Stardock, but that doesn't mean we're going to be any less critical where we need to be. With that being said, I want to talk quickly about the things that I initially spoke about with Galactic Civilizations 4 as a base game. And I wrote a rather scathing review of it. Maybe not even that scathing. I think that I was actually pretty generous because most people said that I was being too nice, which is insane to me. But I did go into some detail about what I thought was, where are the, the shortcomings, right? And if I think we, we actually did a podcast on Gallus of 4 as a base game, so I don't want to go too much into that. So what I'm going to do is probably link that or just summarize them real quick now. So my main concerns were that a lot of things felt like they were unfinished, which is no surprise to anyone who maybe has seen the evolution of this game at this point because they could likely see that it felt like some of the stuff was left on the table for Supernova, which is the which is likely the truth, right? Because I think what they did was they took Epic money and they developed it as much as they could and they got to a point where some things had to be left off on the cutting floor and they did. They did all that. So they've come back now with Steam money and some, you know, a, a wider audience, I should say, with Supernova. And now they're shoring up some of the things that I thought were were definitely shortcomings, you know, and now it's starting to feel like a much more fleshed out game. So with all that aside and with all that in the back, I mean, again, I'm going to, at the very least, I'm going to link my review that I dropped on, I think I dropped it on Christmas or Christmas Eve. I forgot. It was really not my best timing. I was trying to like, I was thinking about the fact that I was giving it to our audience as like a Christmas gift. Not that like, you know, here's my words, be blessed. It's just that a lot of people were asking for the Gauss review and I was like, all right, it's finally ready. I'll just drop it on Christmas day or whatever. So I, I did that. And then Brad was very upset with me because he was like, you realize that a lot of the people at Stardock are going to read this on Christmas and be like, well, they just shit all over our game. And yeah, that part I, I feel a lot of regret about, but I don't feel any regret about the words I chose. I just feel about, I just feel regret about the timing. So like I said, the link will be in the description for the review, the written review. If you want to catch up on that, please do so. But I'll start this off, this discussion by maybe asking each of you for your general impressions. I want like, like really pie in the sky stuff. Like, are, are, like I like the game or I don't like the game. And I'll start with you, Drexy. Uh, my pie in the sky is I do not like the game and I don't even know why it exists. <laughs> All right. That's the kind of blunt honesty I wanted. What about you, Ben? No, I'm the opposite. I love it. And I, I loved it before I was working at Stardock. I, I, when we first played it, I mean, Epic, I bounced off it a little bit. I didn't feel that it was anywhere near ready. I didn't think it was worth really talking about it too much because it just seemed quite unfinished. Whereas now it's got to that point where it needs some polish, but it's a really good game. In fact, it's one of the best Space 4X games I've got. Um, it's I think it's better than... Okay, I'm not going to do that. I was going to say I think it's better than X, but I'm not going to do that because I need to wait until the game's finished to be able to make that kind of judgment. But for now, I can't tear myself away from it. And which is lucky because it's it's the game that's being developed by the company I'm now working for. So I'm quite lucky in that respect that I'm, you know, working to promote a game that I really like. But it, I, I do like it. I think it's a really, really strong game. There, there's It's a proper 4X game. It's not just a war-focused game like most 4X games kind of inevitably devolve into. There's a lot to it. Uh, the AI is really good. The AI is interesting. It does interesting things. Um, yeah, it's good. I like it. And you, Alana? This is literally my favorite game right now. Um, I 
like Rob, the original Gal Sephora kind of bounced off of, but uh, this, uh, since Supernova's come out, it's pretty much consumed all my time. Can I just ask you all, uh, what is it about Supernova that's impressed you so much compared to the base game? Because uh, maybe I've not played enough. Uh, I can't really bring myself to play too much, but I can't see that much difference, really, personally. I know I'm sure there's like some new mechanics and blah, blah, but it's still the same game for me. Well, I'll start by saying I think the pacing is much better. They did a lot of you know minor tweaking to, I mean, even just, just the scouting range and the fog of war reveal range. Like it start, it, it, I know it sounds like a really small and simple change, but it did start to make the game feel more like you're actually discovering things and out there exploring the universe. And that my, that was like a, a very early and a very significant change in a lot of ways, but more so they've done just a lot with, you know, changing how the, the traditions work. I mean, every system that they had in Gaussa four is now tighter and better in my opinion. Like the decisions you're making through the tradition trees and and all these other things that that really just kind of go into what was the original Galsa 4 game. But now I feel like they've trimmed a lot of that down to make it feel like there's much more interesting choices you're making. And that's where I think they feel the, the game feels much better. Yeah, you've hit the nail on the head there, Rob. It's kind of like incremental increases right across the board. So... Everything that they put in there that just felt half finished is now feeling 95% finished, I'd say. So, that, And uh, I think that they've started making some ch- changes to the combat system, which was one of the weaker sides of the game, I thought. And in you know more recent versions, the combat's really starting to feel a little bit more meaty and uh, like there's more player agency with regards to the way that you build your fleets. They've trimmed the tech tree down and made it so it's less just kind of incremental numbers, you know, and more meaningful things actually put into the tech tree. The game evolves in a much more organized way now as well. So, for example, the techs will, like, for example, the tech tree might open up a cultural change and then, you know, uh, the cultural the, the cultural stuff will in turn open up new things that you get to play with, whether it's, you know, new star-based modules or, you know, planetary things that uh, affect your planets like the planetary i can't remember what they're called now but like the the sort of the planetary upgrades all of this stuff's kind of like hidden in layers now and it unveils the more you play it and i think that 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 gives the game a much more interesting exploration phase really and yeah other than that like just like rob said it's just really tightened everything up i think the actual actual game design for galaxy 4 is really good it's a really really good game design 4x is an old style of game now and most 4x have got just stuck in a rut where this is really forward thinking in many ways yet it's still kept all the core concepts of 4x it hasn't had to strip anything out um yeah since uh galaxy 4 uh i think the Pacing is actually one of the big things, too, as uh, Rob said. Also, traditions before was like Pokemon. You, you just collected them all. And now you, uh, this was a very controversial change. But now people have to actually uh, pick a tree that they're going to go down to. And actually, there's a lot more thought in like which uh, culture tree to pick. And then uh, I think one thing that uh, drove me away from Galsiv uh, 4 is just like, I you know, at turn one, I could like move halfway across the map. Uh, every time I uh, move my ship, and uh, it just felt really odd. Yeah, I think. Well, I'm gonna make. Uh, I'll, I'll clarify my point. I know I'm sounding very negative, but it's not just Galsiv Four. It's Forex games in general. 
I just feel we've we've ended up in a rut, and all we're getting is uh, iterations of previous games rather than anything new. And I'm I'm just so sick of it. I'm, I'm, Forex is very boring for me at the moment because you know we're getting Asia Wonders for Distant Worlds to Galsiv for it's just always an iteration. I was actually thinking about this the other day. People have a go at Paradox for like totally just um, rinsing out a game. Like you know how long's EU four been out? Like twelve years or something, daft. And actually, I think rather than having a new game. I would. I think a lot of the times you could just release DLC and patches for your previous games. Now I see why companies do that because obviously releasing a new game a lot of the times, especially if you're a smaller game, it will bring more money into the company. And I get it, but I wish they would come up with something new, something different, totally different, something we're not seen before. Because again, it's just you know. We had this with the Moo clones. Now we're just getting people, uh, companies are just cloning themselves and I'm finding it very boring. Age of Wonders 4 has been really disappointing to me. Yeah, I've, I've just, I've, I've only been playing war games recently. I've, I've not even been playing Forex at them. Well, I mean, so I'll say that I understand some of what you say because I do believe that the iteration that is Galsif 4 wasn't as you know, I don't know, bombastic as I would have liked to have seen at first. But the like the, the few gentlemen here that have said, I just feel like the, the 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 product now is becoming so much more compact and tight. And it really has changed some things. I know you're not you're saying that like they're all doing the same shit, but like with Gaussif 4, I really like the colony versus homeworld thing or not whatever, just capital world and colonies. What this this mechanic makes it feel much more manageable, especially on you know larger maps where you can change and tweak the the planet variety and stuff to make it so that you only have maybe a half dozen home worlds and you know a shit ton of feeder colonies that really start to feel much more manageable and also it starts to feel very expansive too. You have this like giant empire, but a lot of the like the smaller minute details are being you know managed at this like colony level, and I think that's really cool. And I know that it's it's the first iteration of that, and that it's like a, a thought that's now like become a gameplay mechanic. But it's it's actually really well done, and I think it's a lot of fun. And then on top of that, I think that the other stuff that they're doing with Chat GPT, and I know that that's not really something I'm super interested in, but I see how that system and that technology will expand Forex games and and games in general, really, in many different ways. But you know the way they've they've used it so far and the race generation stuff is really cool and it's produced some really cool you know backstories and basically like just unique you know one of a kind races really but i also see its future in the way that quests will be written the way that you know the the gameplay will evolve because you know they could use chat gpt or like some sort of like gpt they're calling it alien gpt or whatever it is the thought process would be that you could, you know, have, yeah, like I said, quest be conjured up by this, this AI, or, you know, that there could be unique situations that have to be diffused between two different parties or, you know, get some like real Star Trek shit going on with this technology. And I, I think that they plan to add the quest stuff, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if that's still in the real, you know, in the works, but I still think that the, the idea that they've started to push this technology inside a game, a 4X game of all places, it's the first one to really take this 
and run with it is a is a pretty big step forward. And I know that you're you're looking at just the gameplay, but I also think that this stuff is is I mean it's a part of gameplay, but it's also I think you're just not giving Gaussian four enough credit. I think I, I'm because I'm with you. I I totally agree with you. Gal like the 4x genre is stuck in a rut, but I think you know in this not so small way. Galsif 4 and Stardock are trying to make things a bit unique and new and push the genre forward a bit. I can sympathize with what Drexy's saying as well. I think that 4X is in a bit of a rut, but let's give it a little bit of context, right? Um, we are a smallish community full of older blokes, generally speaking, like mostly men, and we've been playing games a long time and we're hard to please at this point. It's really difficult to market a 4x game to 4x gamers because they hate everything and you know it's really di- like things that get their attention like look age of wonders 4 took you know we went mainstream okay there's no denying that but you'll find that a lot of old you know the 4x community some love it but i think the majority don't and i just think that it's really really like drexy is a uh, is indicative of like the rest of us in a sense. He's played many, many games. He's play, been playing 4X games for years. He's focused on 4X games quite extensively, not not just with Explorer, but just in, as a gamer. And I think once you've played them to a certain extent, you start seeing their problems. So it's not, it's understandable why there are certain branches of 4X games that have survived while others have kind of tailed off. So we saw a big, exp- like, again, Drexy mentioned the Moo clones that came out. Uh, that's when I kind of got back into gaming was when we had like Stars of Shadow, Stars in Shadow, Interstellar Space Genesis had, was on the horizon. You know, as they had a whole load of Moo clones all came out all at the same time. And I loved those for a bit. But I think what it is, is that certain games have just stood out. And Galsy is one of those that's always been its own thing. It doesn't really copy any other game. I think it's closest maybe to the original Civilization, but I think at this point, I mean, if you go back and play Galsiv 1, which I did recently, that even Galsiv 1 was pretty different to Civilization. And I think that being able to kind of put the whole 4X stagnation into context around some of these other games that have kept going, uh, you can kind of see why, you know, some people some people just kind of don't gel with certain games. Like I find that I've always liked Galsiv. I, I liked Galsiv. I didn't really play Galsiv 2. That was the one that I missed. And I heard that a lot of people say that was the best one. But uh, Galsiv 3, I liked. I kind of liked it on release. Um, but I think that the end game, you know, the Galsiv 3 as it was at the end, it was still a bit of a mess, but it was still a good game. But Galsiv 4 is a step up above. And it's only, I mean, it's not even released yet. It's still in early access. You know, Galsiv 4 Supernova. And even at this stage, before it's even been released, it's a far, far better game than any of the other Galsiv games. And, you know, arguably it's better than most of the other Space 4X games on the market, I'd say, because it's just, it just does that Space 4X thing right. Um, anyway, I'll let Drexy speak. Yeah, I mean, I've, I'll be honest, and I've never really been a fan of the Galsiv games. Uh, <laughs> it's really hard to to please me. And actually, probably Galsiv 4 is the one I've played the most uh, when it was on Epic, I think I put maybe close to 100 hours into it uh, when we reviewed that. But can I just uh, dip in and ask? Um, I mean, uh, Daz Tactic was talking about this on his stream the other day about how um, I know it's a bit of a tangent, but how games who go to Epic and then come to Steam are not doing very well. And is like we've discussed this in the past, like, yeah. You get a lot of money up front, but it kind of kills the the fanfare for when a game comes out on Steam. Uh, like I'm looking at the Steam charts, and the biggest peak Galsiv Four had when it was released on Steam was 416 players, and that's it. And now they're down to like maybe 200, which isn't 
too bad when you look at some other games. But I think this whole going to to uh, Epic kind of kills the enthusiasm for a game when it comes finally comes to Steam, even though it's had like a year or two years. I think it was Galaxy Four was on on Epic for. Okay, this is just speculation on my side. Okay, um, but I think you're right. I think Epic. A lot of people don't like Epic. And they're, you know, no matter what your opinions are on that, it's a fact. There are a lot of gamers who will not play a game if it's been on Epic or if it's on Epic. Some will happily wait until the game is released on Steam. Now, again, this is entirely my own opinion. I think that you get really, you only really get two chances now for your game to sell well. Okay. So when the, when the game originally goes into early access, because a lot of people are using early access now. Um, so you've got the early access period is when the game first sells and the game has to be good enough that people don't just panic completely. And then they've kind of like given it this sort of, you've got this extra life as well that happens when the game is released, okay? So you've got two kind of opportunities for your game to sell well. If a game releases poorly, it might like, I'm going to use Distant Worlds as an example. If a game like Distant Worlds, sorry, Distant Worlds 2, Distant Worlds 2 released quite poorly and it will be a good game or it is quite a good game now. It will be a very good game, I think, when, when, you know, they've, they've spent more time polishing it, but it's never going to sell well now. Uh, th- that is that is it. Like, that is, you know, I'm afraid, in my opinion, I don't think it's ever going to make, like, it doesn't get that chance now to have this period where people all suddenly start buying it. Unless someone like Seth Zintach or someone does a video on it, that, you know, th- that's it. So you've got to be really, really careful releasing games that aren't ready, because if you do, it might well become a great game in the future, but... Is it going to sell well? Drexy, just let me finish my point quick. So I, I think what's happened with this whole Supernova thing is through some kind of, you know, kind of video game necromancy, I think Stardock have given Galsiv 4 a third chance in, a se- in essence because it came out on Epic and people don't really buy it a whole lot on Epic and they got they got loads of money for it. And then it's come out on, you know, then it's then they, they released it onto Steam and I don't, I'm not quite sure what happened there. I don't know how well it sold. I don't think it sold particularly well from what I can see. Uh, but now they've got a third chance, which is, you know, they, now because they've kind of gone into early access. So they came out of Ethic into Steam early access. So unlike other games, they've got this third chance now to, to make it a success. And in my opinion, and again, all of this is just my personal opinion, okay? I think that a lot of people are watching Galsiv 4 now because they, they've seen some of the positive coverage that, you know, like some YouTubers have been giving it. And uh, they're seeing, you know, they're seeing sort of the reviews are coming in and the reviews are a lot better than they like. It's, it's it's quite rare for games to release into mixed or whatever it was and then and then move out of mixed like distant worlds has not managed that. whereas galsiv's actually the, the reviews are increasing they're getting better and better reviews so i think a lot of people are watching the game now hoping you know that when it releases it's going to release in a good state and i think providing that it does it's going to sell really really well this one because i think they're they're aiming at it not just the standard 4x game you know the traditional 4x market i believe you know it looks like they're trying to get it out to other people as well like like with age of wonders where they they really broke out into the mainstream with it and the alien gpt thing's one way of doing that the problem is the numbers are so low for a game to release on early access and only get not even 500 players uh people buying it is pretty ridiculous especially if you consider those of us who transferred our game uh over from epic to steam to buy the supernova um i mean okay distant wells 2 didn't do great but it got I think the peak was like 5,000 players on release. This has got less than 500 players on release. And I I don't see how, when it comes out of early access, it's going to get a huge 
amount of people buying it. I don't know. I could be wrong. But I think didn't GC3 even do really well at release? Didn't they sell quite a lot of GC3? And now this looks like, I don't know, people are just not excited for it. Uh, as far as GC3, I actually, it had some trouble too. And and I think it has uh, similar problems that Galsa 4 has had. Um, I don't think, I honestly can say that Galsa 4 didn't have any trouble because it released on Epic. I think if it released on Steam, initially it had been the same problem. Part of the problem is, uh, is they're very ambitious, uh, you know, especially uh, going from the normal traditional you build colony ships you you put colony ships everywhere and then you control every single colony to the uh, core world and colonies uh, concept but as far as uh, everything else in the it's it's coming out pretty well it, it it's been taken it's taken a little while to get everything going a lot of people are they just don't trust early access anymore. There's so many games out there that have burned people. So it's hard to say that if it's going to, you know, you can't look at early access numbers and say, oh, this is performing poorly. There's only a few people playing the game. It's just no one wants to put their money down and get burned. Yeah, I think the golden age of early access has long passed. So there are a few people that are like just outright not going to buy it whatsoever in early access, even though they might buy it or very will, very likely will buy it once it comes out in version 1.0. But I mean, at this point, I think that the like the general consensus for most of those players that are playing is that like Gauss of Four Supernova is a much better, much tighter, much more interesting product than Gauss of Four was, and that they have done enough to trim things down to make it more interesting to make things like make these choices much more asymmetric, much more engaging. And therefore it just starts to feel like a better product overall. So I think that, you know, again, what Ilana said that they also, they, they changed the, the distance that you can move at the beginning of the game. There's just so many things that they've changed so many minor things that they've changed to just make the game feel better. And it starts to feel like a much more, you know, a, a polished product in a lot of ways. It, not even polished because I still think there's some polish lacking, but the the gameplay just feels much more tight and much more engaging. And you know, there's a few things that I still want to see. I really want to see how they're going to implement minor factions because, from my impressions, they want to do something different, and that's why they haven't implemented anything yet. And there was like this very rough, uh, maybe not, it was it wasn't really a prototype, but it was kind of feeling like a rough outline of what they were trying to do. And it seemed like they might be doing something different with minor factions. And I hope that they do, because I feel like that could be something that they could again, you know, revitalize the genre with. But other than that, I just, other than some tweaking and some polish and adding the four races that haven't been added yet. So there's those four new races, one of which isn't new, but four new races to Galaxy 4 that are coming. And those haven't been implemented yet. And I'm hoping that they they do like a an asymmetric pass right an asymmetric pass because that's what I always harp about. I really want to. Know, I know that that the statistics will say that the humans are the ones that are played most, and you know they they really shouldn't focus on any of the other races. But I play almost everything but human, and I enjoy you know the the weirdness of some of these races. And I'm hoping that they they wave that asymmetry wand over everyone a little bit harder and a little bit more thoroughly. And then also do that with the four races that are coming. But yeah, there's there's a lot of things that are going on. And I 
I, I think that I'm, I mean, my main concern, if I'm honest with everybody and I'm honest with Stardock, is that I feel like they're very, very good at getting things going and then falling right before the finish line. There's going to be something that I know is going to piss me off when it comes to version 1.0 that I felt like shouldn't still be in the game or should still, or should have actually been at it or something to that effect. And I plan on making a lot more time for it in the coming months because I know they have a full release date like ETA. And with that, I want to do what I can to help shore the game up as much as they possibly can. But I, I, I almost want to put my paycheck on the fact that they will, they will release it in a state that's not quite filling its potential. Let's put it that way. That's the nicest way I can put it. Before we continue, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I feel like we've kind of started in the middle here. <clears throat> it's important for us to kind of let people know what the game is, right? Because so for, for any of you who haven't played Galsiv 4, it's a hex-based 4X game, very much like civili- Civilization, okay? So it's not like a node-based game like Stellaris or master of orion or basically any of the other 4x games space 4x games it's quite unique in that respect and i've got some criticisms of the game but first i want to say what i like about the game okay the reason why i've fallen for it in a big way is because i feel that it's one of the few 4x games now where you can really play it in any way that you want you don't like it's it's not shoehorning you into one kind of play style and this is one of the big complaints that the forex community have i want to play the game the way i want to play it is a common like cry that we hear and this is one of the things i think people will like about galaxy 4 to give it a chance because you don't have to play it as a military game you you know obviously you have to you always have to have some kind of main you know maintain a standing fleet to you know to stop people from invading you because that's part of the game but you don't have to focus completely on war the diplomatic side of the game is really good. And the reason it's really good is because the AI plays completely the same game as the player and it's got its own goals and the AI is programmed quite well. So it will, you'll actually see it doing deals with the other factions. It will, you know, they'll be trading with other factions or they'll, if one of the, if like there's a nation that's dying off, it's losing, it will start trying to make alliances with the other factions. So even though it's, I, I didn't really think that Galsiv was very high on the sandbox side of things. It, you know, if you think about the that kind of little poll that Lucid and I came up with about games kind of having a sort of puzzle versus pressure kind of thing, you know, or pressure versus sandbox, however you want to see it. I, I actually think Galsiv's straddling right in the center. It's a very gamey game in the sense that there's lots of numbers and, you know, you, you can see that it's kind of got, it's almost played like a board game, but it's also very, very open in that you can approach it in however you want to play. Like it's it's a viable tactic to say you're playing as the Iridium, you know, the, uh, the, the corporate sector, whatever they're called now, and mass loads and loads of cash because cash will be able to buy you out of all sorts of situations, whether it's, you know, you're in a war, you can just buy ships from one of your neighbors, or, you know, you can, you can buy like materials that you need in order to buy the better ships. Um, there's a load of, 
interesting like they've they've made all the the strategic resources meaningful now whereas before they were kind of like you know you just needed them just to build ships now they're starting to you, you're starting to need to use these these strategic resources to actually build certain types of you know the very best of the components on ships or the very best of the the planetary upgrades so there's an element of kind of wheeling dealing that you need to be doing as well with your neighbors you like it doesn't always pay just to go to war with everybody sure you can play like that and some of the the civilizations are set up so they are war focused but you, you know they're not all like that uh, you can win through the cultural victory, like through pushing your influence out. So you can really wage a very aggressive kind of cultural campaign where you are racing for the technologies that increase your culture and um, taking strategic locations so that you can push your culture out. But you can do that in a surreptitious way without immediately raising the ire of your of the people around you. So anyway, that's what I like about the game. I think it's it's a very, very open sandbox game while still having very tight game mechanics and presenting pressure in a way that is challenging. Um, especially if you put it on the higher difficulty settings, it is quite a challenging game because the AI is pretty good. Yeah, the AI does. Uh, I mean, any AI in any game, like everyone, like if you go on any forums, everyone's like, does it have a good AI? It's like, well, AI is only so good in any game. Um, but the AI in Galsif has actually been uh, pretty strong. I mean, it's going to do bonehead AI things. It's going to send ships along and not always interact with things that it's uh uh, flying past or uh, I think uh, sometimes you know you look at how the AI develops their worlds and you're like why what are you doing um, but uh, I think one of the other things I like about it is like some of the really unique races like I really like playing the Zaloxi. Uh they're uh, basically think Star Trek Ryan pirates green humanoids and they uh, their their shtick is the uh, crime lord ability and the crime lord, you can, uh, they have a policy where you can set up trade routes and then push crime to all the other factions that you have trade routes with. They also have uh, executive orders to do things like you can claim a pirate world, which is really nice uh, after you conquer a faction because uh, anything, any colonies that uh, uh, they have will go pirate unless you've claimed them already. There's also, um, you have the uh, draft, and they have this uh, war profiteers ability. And with war profiteers, you can uh, set up trade routes with everyone, and then uh, go into diplomacy and get the uh, all the AIs to fight each other. And then you get two hundred percent trade bonus for all your trade routes as long as they're uh, you know at war. So. I've had a lot of fun I've had, uh, with like the different mechanics. Uh, even like Terran Resistance versus Terran, they're not the same faction. They're they're very uh, unique. Terran Resistance has these these policies for uh, extra research, and and uh, they have insane growth rate. Where the uh, uh, Terran Alliance, um, they're your stock basic. You know they have um, they have pretty good research and diplomatic bonuses, but. Uh, you know, they're they're the explorers of the uh, Galsiv universe. I think one of the things this this is a bonus and a bit of an issue with Galsiv is that they've in recent versions, particularly since Supernova, they've actually made all the numbers more meaningful, right? So some of the the bonuses that you're getting at the start of the game they are significant, and some of the event bonuses that you get are significant. Like some of them, you get they add like like a flat twenty percent bonus to research, which is absolutely huge. So uh, when Alana's is talking about 
the war profiteering thing with the draft, what you don't realize is that, yeah, it gives you 200% trade income. That doesn't sound like a lot. It's like, oh, well, you know, double trade, who cares? That's game changing, by the way. It's massive. Like tourism is also really powerful in Galsu 4. So if you build up your tourism, it's super lucrative. And then there's there's a, a there's an event that you can use. I forget what it's called now, but there's uh, an executive order. That's it. There's an executive order you can actually get in the game. It costs like 100 control or something. Oh no, it's 20 control. It's really cheap. And it actually doubles your tourism income. So it, you'll see your your money. Let's say you're making 500 per turn, which is kind of a lot. It'll go up to 1,000 because you're, you're, you're just doubling the amount of like tourism that you're getting. So the, all of the modifiers and stuff in the game have become much more meaningful. And they make... So Rob was saying that he feels like the game, they're not quite asymmetric enough. I'd actually argue that they are. Here's the problem is that the, the way that the game is at the moment, it doesn't telegraph a lot of this stuff. It doesn't tell you. Like, for example, I think a lot of people, like Alana and I were talking about this before. There's uh, the Terran resistance, right? They, You might pass them by because they've got this, one of their starting traits is um, resourceful. And it says, it just says, oh, you start off with extra resources. And that doesn't really seem that useful. It's like, oh, well, I get a few extra resources at the start of the game. No, 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 no. What, it, what the game doesn't tell you is that resourceful is a trait that has cultural stuff attached to it as well and other bonuses and event things that come up that actually make them really really strong but the game doesn't tell you and that's a real problem so i think a lot of the issue with galsiv is that it is a super really well produced game and it's 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 like it's really tight the problem is it's just not all like people don't know about it and i think you know i think that that, that stardock have got to get on the case of really showing people where galactic civilizations has depth where other games are missing it because it really does it's way deeper than most space forex games the problem is it's just not all immediately apparent because a lot of it's hidden and you know you can't just rely on youtubers to to kind of go hey guys this this game is great and here's why i think that you know there's got to be some of it it's got to be kind of telegraphed in a way by saying you know like just for example when you're choosing the terran resistance when it says resourceful it should, the, the tooltip should tell you uh, this will open up other, you know, game options later because it does. It's huge. It's it's a real big thing. Well, and to further that point, I think that there might be a synopsis as to like their playstyle for each of the games. You know, like if if you go or each of the races. I'm sorry. So if you pick the Terran Resistance, you know, you might know that they're a little bit more resourceful or whatever. Or you go to the the Federation or whatever. I forgot their normal generic humans are, but the generic humans like this is your, you know, your your default race and the you know the expected first playthrough and then you go to the Zaloxi and it says like these guys are conniving and use you know various things whatever it is like just just a synopsis of what it is that makes each race unique they do have that the problem is that, that i think that it you know having an overview of the faction is fine i think it's important that they they specifically state things where there are hidden mechanics uh so i, I think that you know they're like it, you know they will they will tell you what the Zaloxi do and that they've got you know ability based on crime until the thing is until you've played them a little bit and seen how strong it is uh, it's, it doesn't always kind of get in so you've got unfortunately Galsib's always been like this it's one of those games that you've got to play quite thoroughly to really to really sort of appreciate the detail that's in there particularly with the way that the AI I mean for those of you who hate games that play with different rules, you know, when the AI has different rules, this is one of those games where the AI plays exactly the same game as the player, pretty much. Uh, I don't think that it's, um, to the best of my knowledge, I don't think it cheats in any way. So, you know, it's 
it is going to like like Alana said, it does have occasionally makes goofs, right? Like, um, and the other thing I've got to say is that they, as they're racing towards release, the game is changing a lot at the moment. They keep tweaking things. Like if you if you go onto the Galaxy Four Discord, you'll uh, at the moment you'll see Brad on there every single night, and he's constantly chatting to the, the players, and he's saying things like, "Hey, what do you guys, you know, what are your what's on your guys' wish list right now?" And they'll say, "Oh, blah blah blah," and then you'll come back half an hour with a screenshot, half an hour later with a screenshot saying, "Right, fixed it." Do you know what I mean? So I think the game, the Stardock are doing their usual thing of they they are really well known for rapidly, you know, taking on board customer complaints and trying to fix things. Particularly at the moment, they're really, really working hard towards that. But my problem is, is that the game's changing so quick at the moment, it's quite difficult to be able to pin down. Like for a start, I've not been able to do a let's play because by the time I started it, you know, I mean, a, a Galsif force playthrough is about 30 hours right 20 30 hours on a decent sized map so by the time i'm halfway through they've changed the version <laughs> so it's kind of it's rapidly changing at the moment that's one issue yeah i will give a positive to yeah when when brad actually gets involved with one of the games you do see a lot of progress in the game so it's that's weird the way stardot works it's like if his hand's not in it then things kind of flounder but once he gets excited about a game and starts, you know, putting his hat into the ring, things really do improve. And look, I know I've been negative about it, but I, I will, when 1.0 comes out, I will give it a really good sh- shot. Because, yeah, I, like I've said, I've seen Brad in the past actually being able to turn a game around and make it actually really good. I'm I'm just worried that will it be enough for the average person to want to pick the game up that's that's my biggest why with this game actually last point um yeah the uh the average person picking up is a, a little interesting because i think the big thing is especially if you come from gals of three it's going to be there's a lot of mechanics that don't work exactly how they expect they kind of they look like the gals of three mechanics but they they work a little differently so i think uh you know on that point it, it's actually that's where the uh the document or, or the help options, you know, things that you put in to teach people the game um, are very important. Okay, so I think the the the, the big issue with Galsiv is that I think on Steam you really need to impress people in the first three hours, and since a lot of the the best parts of Galsiv are like you know six hours into the game at least, you know, when you really start seeing the you know the game open up with a with a sort of mid game text. You're not just playing with fighters anymore. You're starting to get the better ships out with you know more of the interesting components, and so I think it's really going to be down to Stardock how the Stardock market the game because they've got to make it exciting for people um, who are new to the genre and you know aren't necessarily going to see all that the game has you know all the, the wealth of kind of gameplay that's in the game in that sort of period where they're on the fence right so i think i mean partly what i, I guess i'm going to be doing at stardock is you know doing things like tutorials and that's going to be really really important because for example i'll be able to sort of say to people hey right here's what you're doing at the start of the game right but this is why you're going to be doing it because later you're going to face this situation and it's really really interesting because if you've done it this way then you've got this option but if you've gone that way you've got this option and i think they kind of need to, <laughs> you need to it needs to be explained to people a little bit like what what the you know the depth that the game has because like with any 4x it's so difficult to see that when you're just when you're starting out and you've got you know you've got a colony ship you've got a fighter you've got a you know you've got a planet and uh, whatever else uh, you know you, you scout and you're like right okay what do i do with all this stuff and you know 
well <laughs> you're just starting your journey right here so yeah i think it's whether i mean i, I understand Drexy's kind of he's a bit concerned about the amount of people you have to remember that a lot of people who were playing galsim bought it on epic so they don't want to buy it again on steam so that does mess up i mean if you're looking if you're using steam charts for example which is what daz was doing i think when he was looking at it like it's not going to give you an accurate reading of who, how many people are playing because believe it or not people do buy games on epic it's not you know it's not like this dead platform like they they do get a lot of sales so you know um we don't know from just looking at steam charts how many people bought galsiv on steam as on epic for example so you know it's difficult to kind of gauge how well it's doing i do think uh, my my own observations are that from talking to people in the community on you know reddit on you know in the explorate discord um just talking to people on youtube and watching daz tactics streams when daz has been talking about it there's a lot of people watching galsiv and i think they're galsiv 4 supernova and they're going they're watching and waiting because as Alana said, people are kind of sick of they're, they're, they're kind of sick of buying games in early access and getting burned. So I think a lot of people will be waiting for the full re- full release and um, you know be with their eye on it, going, you know, okay, is this game good now? Is this is this game worthy of my money? And that's going to be up to I think that's going to be that's on Stardock to to really show, you know put its best put best foot forwards for you know for, with this release, which I expect is why we're seeing the game dra- you know rapidly changing at the moment because they're they're. I guess they're gearing up for a for a release at some point soon. I mean, that was all well said. Shit, <laughs> I don't even have much to, to really add to that. I I think you're spot on with what needs to happen moving into version 1.0. So, and you're kind of someone who has some influence on that. So, Ben, get to it. I'll do my best, man. Like, it's like I'm just the guy who does the videos. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like, no, man. I we all know right from past experience that stardock make good games i've always said this like before when i first joined explominate it was one of the things i said on the first podcast like i think stardock make good games the the issue is that the game's got to sell well as well like it's important for the game to sell well for them so that's like it, it if they release it and it's got like a luke you know lukewarm reaction it doesn't sell very well you know that brad's going to make it a good game eventually anyway because he's obsessed with the games so he, he just keeps making the games better and better but obviously they've got to make money and so the better the the it needs to be a solid release it's got to be really good on release i actually think the game's there already i i think that once they've settled down with you know whatever like little changes they're making here and there and they've stabilized it and they've they've fixed a few little like there's stuff in the ui that bugs me like today i was playing and i was trying to uh, i i i disbanded fleet in the fleet screen right and then i was trying to put the ships together back into a fleet and i was having to singly singly click on 15 ships and because you're holding shift because you've got to hold shift to click it but then the shift holds down the tooltip so you've got to go from right to left not left to right because if you go from left to right you're going into the tooltip and that bugged me (laughs) i was like right there's some stuff in the you know in the ui that really needs a bit of you know and you know me i'll put up with the worst uis like I'm famous for not giving a shit about UI, but um, I think that Galsiv has got a few little things that it needs, you know, doing to it. But but um, yeah, as it is, the game is great. All they've got to do that it's it's on it's on Stardock to make sure that people know that this game exists, that it is good, that it's got a lot of depth, that it's that it's uh, that the game design has been specifically designed to fix all the big bugbears that people have got about 4x game one thing that i I could have swore it was changed when it was on epic but when you get those uh pop-up events where you know you get like two or three choices and 
you know me, my, my memory's terrible. I can't remember which tree I was going down and whatnot. So I would like to minimize the, the pop-up window so I can actually see which bonus I should pick for what, what sort of build I'm sort of going for, because I can't remember. I, I could have swore they changed it, but you still can't do it, and it's really annoying, and they really need to change it. I'm sure Rob had this problem as well, right? Yes, I do. So, Ben, get on to get on the case. Sort it out. Yes, I was actually curious, uh, you know, about the pop-ups. There is a lot, but actually since, the, since they changed the survey vessels, you could actually... You don't necessarily need to build a lot of survey vessels. Most of your events are going to come from that. Um, but there is a problem where not all the, uh, like, I'll sit on my stream and I'll be uh, looking at, and I've played for almost 900 hours if I add up all of my hours from Epic and what I'm like, I have no idea what I'm going to get from this uh uh, from this reward and it's part of it is they did a lot of generation with the uh, uh, GPT to you know generate some of the quest uh, text but then you know other they just have to go back and uh, get some tool tips in there for especially the artifacts yeah I also I agree with you guys you, <clears throat> that is one book that's one problem that the game has like when when you get these events or you know this is going to affect a planet in some way you really want I think some of them now you if you actually like it will say I know you've got planet Macedonia or whatever, Macedonia 2. On Macedonia 2, event has happened, you know, what choice? And you're like, well, I don't know which choice, right? But actually, if you hold your mouse over Mace the name for Macedonia 2, it will actually show you the planet statistics now. So I, I don't know if that's new or whether uh, it might be new. But yeah, basically, that I think that one has been fixed for the most part. Yeah, that has been. Um, it, the planets, and if it's a governor, it will show up like that. Uh, there's a, you know, who's being affected by it. Well, I just to to further your point, I mean, like at this point, really, it's the, 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 I really honestly believe that, you know, the game's going to be in its best place, not by huge changes at this point. It'll be by minor changes to the, the tempo and the balance and pacing of this game. And, and then adding a system with minor factions that makes sense and it's actually engaging and and doesn't feel like it's just tacked on. So the rest of the stuff I feel like is extraordinarily cool. I think you're right. I think you're really close to a game that feels very good, that will play very well, that will feel like a version 1.0 game and will sell well as long as people remember it or like actually know of it. But you know, the the rest of it is is it is going to be minor, minor things, right? I think and I, I, I'm with you. I can't really think of anything that I really want to see different. I'm starting to see some really great stuff. I mean, even just the recent stuff where like the aliens are talking to you differently during trade windows. I mean, I don't know. I, there's a lot of immersion here, you know, and that's something that really gets me in a Forex in game. So I'm actually playing it on hold just because I want to see where we get at version 1.0, especially since, as Ben mentioned before, the game is changing rapidly. And so I'd rather just put it on hold, check in occasionally, play 20 turns and, you know, hold off that, that major playthrough, you know, for later. But I'm, I'm, I'm really confident that they could do this. I'm just really nervous that, like I said before, that they're going to fumble the ball right at like the, I know to, to make it an American football thing, but they're going to fumble the ball, like right at the 99 yard line. I'm sorry, at the one yard line, 99 yard line, seriously. I don't even know what I'm talking <laughs> about at the one yard line. and then, you know, and we're going to see something that should have been fixed or that's crucial to the enjoyment of the game 
And that's just because I've been burned by Stardock a lot. I love you guys, but that it just feels like that's what happens. This is what I meant to say earlier, actually, was that I was talking to Daz Tactic about this, and Daz always had reservations about Galsif. He's like, oh, I love the game, but it doesn't have tactical combat. And Gal- tactical combat won't work in Galsif. Brad mentioned this you know, on our podcast, but I completely agree with him. Now I've played the game loads more. By the time that you get to the sort of mid-late game, you've got about 20 or 30 battles every turn. <laughs> it's like tactical combat would just be a drag in so what what they've got <coughs> age of wonders <coughs> yeah but i mean age of wonders has got tactical combat but there's not that many they, the way that they dealt with it in age of wonders was just by going okay well now you're only allowed five armies <laughs> like that's a you know that's why that's why i don't like age of wonders man like they, they the way that they try to fix the new ones anyway the way they try to fix problems with forex is by just cutting things out it's like you know this streamlining inverted inverted commas i hate it Um, i hate that approach to game design it's lazy like there's better ways of doing it and rather you know rather than going oh well forex has got a problem with late game drag let's just stop the game let's just force the game to be small that's just that's just lazy there's better ways of doing it right but anyway talking to talking to daz daz was saying to me like I kind of passed off, passed over Galsiv a little bit because I, I really like what it does. He goes, I like everything about the game pretty much, apart from the combat system. But he said, now I'm starting to play it more. I'm actually starting to see, you know, wow, I've really missed out on a good game here. And I, I just thought that that was interesting to hear because, like, whenever I've watched his live streams, he's, he always has that caveat. It's like, I love Galsiv, but I, you know, he goes, I like Galsiv, but I don't love it, and it's because it hasn't got tactical combat. And I think that. Now he's kind of seen that the tactical there is nuance in the tactical combat and the way that you build your fleets is really important now. Like you you have all these different weapon types and the, the, the different ship sizes and have different roles and the way that the they target one another. So you you really, really need to be very, very careful about the way that you compose your ships. It's like Conquest of Elysium in that respect. Like it's all about the the, the you know the army and fleet composition. Um I think my big wish list for the wish for the game now is that the that the way that invasions worked was a bit more fleshed out. Like at the moment, it's just a, ti- a countdown timer, basically. You know, you go to invade a world, you put him under siege, it says four turns, and that's based on, you know, uh, your soldiering ability and, and uh, you know, some of the techno- technological stuff and whatever ships you've got versus the way, you know, the, the soldiering ability and, the you know, the militancy of the planet. And at the moment, that doesn't feel very satisfying to me. That's my one big gripe about Galsiv 4. I think it, it works in the sense of, you know, it's quick, and it, and it facilitates the the speedy play of the strategic side, but I just like a little bit more control in there, or just you know feeling like there's something that you can do, you know, to alter all those, you know, to to kind of influence those numbers. They've managed to do that with the fleet combat now. It feels more satisfying because you get you get that feel good when you put the right fleet together where you you destroy a fleet that's loads bigger than yours because you you have the right things do you know what i mean whereas i I don't feel that the the ground combat has that yet yeah actually in ground combat i miss the galsif too like the little figures running across the screen and fighting i I think they removed at the the last expansion or something like that for galsif 2 but they used to have these little figures that they would run across and they'd fight and it didn't matter what was going on there for mechanics it's just kind of fun to watch and then uh as far as uh you know probably my biggest gripe and Pen is probably very aware, my opinion, and it's the UI. The UI is beautiful to look at. But yeah, the the uh, the one thing is, is I want the UI to to show what's going on behind the scenes without having to hold down the shift key and uh, on every element. I, I think there's a lot of uh, battles where you know I'm I'm constantly hovering over and seeing like uh, 
what's what's displaying on the screen, and they are going to address that. Uh, they're getting rid of the uh, the combat rating and uh, going to start displaying the attack and defense values. And then the other thing is I want to be able to control what colors, because I will literally every game, if I play the Zloxy, I will spawn next to the Torians. Yes, that's the that's my other thing that bugs me as well. They've actually the way that the game looks now is a lot better with regards to the the way that you know the colors. But I I wish you could in game change one of the colors of the the you know the AI factions because I've had that in my most recent game exactly that. I was a Torians start next to the Zaloxy. I can't tell the difference between my planets, their my fleets, their ships. You know, it's just and I use I, I zoom out for the, the strategic view all the time. It's super useful, but you know, yeah, it's just sometimes some of the colors are a little bit too close. Yeah, especially uh, Terrans and Mimot, and and uh, I think by entire stream you could just hear me complaining. It's like I have no idea whose ships are whose. <laughs> it's, they're the same color. I think the way that maybe they could do that is by double bordering. So like, you know, for example, Terran resistance could have blue with a purple behind it and Mimot could have, you know, the light blue, but maybe with like a, you know, like a lighter, like a, a lighter blue behind it. Just, just have some kind of consistent scheme so that they're, they're not like, they're not getting too confusing. I will say, I wish they put the effort into the actual in-game UI and graphics that they did for the character design because we've spoke about this on a previous podcast. The 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 races and that look absolutely amazing, but it's a bit jarring as well when you actually go to the in-game map and stuff like that. It's it, it does look. I don't know. Look, I, compare the graphics. I've I've heard this critique before, but if you look, people were going on and on about how great the graphics were in Age of Wonders Four. They're no better than the ones in Galsiv. Like if you look at the gra- if you zoom in on the on the character, you know, on the ship models and the planets, they look great. Uh, so I don't see it, man. Like unless I'm, I don't know. Like, I think it's just the colouring of the borders and and the badges and stuff. I just I don't know. There's something that just feels a bit uh, 2010s to me. I don't know. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Maybe it's an aesthetic thing, but I like it. Um, I, I did see one of the guys from Explominate who's a UI designer saying he did not like when you zoom out to a certain level, you've got all these kind of badges and stuff. And he said that, you know, uh, it, it felt like they were getting in the way of the gameplay. I Again, I just don't see it, but I don't know if that's, I can't remember. That was a while back. And to be fair, like the game is changing so rapidly, you know, that it's just, I can't remember what, was changed six weeks ago or two months ago or you know last week or um but yeah i think people just need to really keep an eye on it and look at it when it when it is released whenever it's going to be released later this year and you know when it's out take a look at it and you know see what you think but yeah i'm biased now <laughs> so <laughs> just don't take my word for it <laughs> yeah you're damn sure this is that <laughs> whole law of this podcast i thought i was gonna be the shill <laughs> no, no, you see this is like that whole law of attraction thing people you know people on the uh 4x gaming reddit keep calling us shills for stardock so much that it's finally happened like like we, we me and rob just get called shills for, for absolutely everybody like whether it's stardock whether it's slytherin whether it's you know all this stuff so it's like they they've kind of wished it into existence like it's like right i'll, I'll go and get a bloody job at stardock then <laughs> and rob's gonna get rob's gonna be taking that evil stardock money for his website yeah no, I, I do i do see the irony in that and the but whatever let them all eat their cake but yeah i mean at this point it did sound a little bit more like we were shills than i expected i i honestly was I, I again i think it's i think it's a a fear of the unknown for me, and I, I, I realize that this is predicated on past behavior, 
So I'm not saying that I'm completely entirely wrong, but I do fear that there's going to be a point where these amazing and frequent updates to the Galsa 4 Supernova update, like schedule or other, sorry, the, the update schedule that's now currently like fast and furious and, and even more content worthy than I expected is going to drop off and we're going to be left with a game that's almost finished and not, not quite. So that's, that's my fear. If it continues on this path and they actually prove me wrong, I do believe Gauss of four will be one of the greatest forex or space forex games or even forex games. Really? I think it's really close to being one of those, but I just, I think it needs to continue this path of polish and this path of like perfection. I really want them to do everything they can to make this game perfect. And there are some lagging issues and there's the things we've talked about here. There's certainly a few things that are just not in the game yet. And I'm hoping that they can see this thing through the, to the finish line and actually make a good game of it. Please God, Stardock, prove me wrong. Yeah, I'll go on and say that uh, I know I've been a negative Nancy, but I do hope they actually pull this one out of the bag because us Forex gamers have had so many uh, knocks the past few years. We've been really excited about games and they've ended up being either not good or a lot of technical issues or just very bland. We need a win. <laughs> please, Stardock, give us a win. And then once you finish, please release a Fantasy Forex game. I think that's yeah. why I'm bitter because I wanted a fantasy for its game, and all I got was. Oh, that's what it is, is it? Amen to that. That's, that's your motivation. Well, it might be longer than you think because, unfortunately, I know Derek Paxson left. Yeah, I, so. I know that. That's. Oh, I was really disappointed when I heard that. I was like, "Damn it!" <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, I think this has been a pretty good discussion, and I think we've done our best to be as objective as possible, considering everything that's going on in the background. But at the same time, I would love to revisit this at version 1.0 later on this fall because I feel like that would be a really good opportunity for us to see if this they've seen this thing through and these niggling little issues that, that they've they've actually managed to squash them and and make this game as good as it can be. I mean, I'm not expecting it to be perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but I do hope that they will continue this momentum they've got and finish it through, you know, I I'm assuming, you know, fall is probably early fall. We're talking about like October-ish. That's my assumption. So Anyways, thanks, Ilana, for being here. I really appreciate you taking your time and for joining us tonight. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, happy to have you. And Ben, as always, thank you for being here, sir. Cheers, Rob. Thank you. Drexy, as much as I hate to admit this, it was good to have you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so I know, I know I, I sounded really negative, but someone had to be, man. I couldn't, uh, I keep missing these podcasts where you guys circle jerk again. I just listen to it going, I'm just going to come on the next one and be really negative and show these guys everything's not perfect. This I, isn't a Barbie world, are you not? <laughs> <laughs> if I had, like, if I had, that's the thing, right? Nobody wants to hear me complain. I, I have complaints about nearly every game. I just try to get excited about them because I feel like that's why we're doing this. Like, 4X games are our shtick. But you're right. They've fallen into a rut, and I'm hoping that games like Galsif 4 can bring them out of said rut, and we can start to have a bit of a renaissance in the genre. So there's certainly enough of the 4X games being made that there might be one or two that actually slip through and make a make a, a big push in the right direction. So we can only hope. Again, I'll just I'll just sorry, I just want to point out it's not just Stardock. I'm I'm not really actually excited about Dominion Six. I know that would like 
surprise a few people considering how much I love that game. And yeah, Age of Wonders 4 again. It's just, I just keep taking these knocks. And I've just, I'm just a bitter old man at this point. <laughs> You are. I just, That's okay. I just, uh, I just need something new in my life. And <laughs> none of these games are doing it for me. I saw that Pillars of what was it? Pillars of Eternity or whatever. Like, Path yeah. of Exile. Exile. That's the one. Yeah. Have you seen Path, Path, of, Path of Exile? Path of Exile. Like. Oh, Path of Exile Two. Yeah, oh, it's man. making you. It's making you bitter, old man. <laughs> like you got to, you got to get out there, mate. Get out there. Um, go out into the world and meet some new games. <laughs> <laughs> there's, yeah, there's another one out there for you, Drex. We'll find it for you. <laughs> All right. Well, again, I appreciate you all being here. So this is Ilana, Ben, and Drexy, and Rob, which is me, for Explominate. Until next time, keep exploring.